Hello, Parkview. My name's Tim. I'm one of the guys that speaks here. I'm glad you're here. I hope by the time we're done, you'll be glad as well. I'm especially glad to be here with you today because we are beginning this new series called All In and Loving It. This is uh, coming up on the first anniversary of what is a major and historic initiative in the history of this church, uh, an initiative that's uh, goal and intention is to elevate the generosity of this church to, 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 to nearly double over the next couple of years what it's already been. And it's already been good. And it's, 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 about, it's about ratcheting up our generosity to touch lives and to change eternities. And I'm really excited to get to be here with you this morning because I get to tell you about this thing that's been happening in my life for the last 15 years. For the last 15 years, it's been happening every summer. About 15 years ago, 1997, I moved into this subdivision. And, and in our subdivision, we have a swimming pool. And it's a pretty nice swimming pool, but at, at 45 minutes past the hour, at quarter till the hour, every hour they blow the whistle and all the kids have to get out of the water for adult swim. Is this standard practice at all pools, adult swim? You can say yes, no, or I don't know. Is it? It is, okay. Is it always like quarter till, more or less? I don't know, but it, this, is, this, is, this is our pool and this is what we do. So at, at, at that time, all the kids get out of the water and they do this thing. Every time, all the little kids get out of the water and, 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 and they go walking down to the, to the deep end of the pool. Got this real nice high dive, the deep end of the pool, and all the kids sit on the edge of the pool next to the high dive and just dangle their feet in the water. And they wait for somebody to go up the high dive. And when somebody starts going up the high dive, they start chanting. So the person's climbing up the ladder. They're going, cannonball, 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 cannonball. And then you get closer and closer. They start chanting louder and louder, cannonball. And as the person walks out to the end of the board, they're just yelling. They're just, they're just chanting really, really loud, cannonball, cannonball. Because obviously they want to see a cannonball. But I figured out that they sit where they sit because they don't just want to see a cannonball. They want to feel a cannonball, right? Cannonball, cannonball. And somebody, you know, so, some guy will jump off and do a cannonball and, 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 and splash them and they'll just cheer. They just, they just go nuts. They just celebrate the cannonball. And every summer it happens. At some point in the summer, they'll be sitting there chanting, and, and some, let's just say large man, will be ascending the, 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 the ladder. Where I come from, we just call him a big old boy. So this big old boy, this big old boy, they climb the ladder. And when they see a big old boy going up the ladder, they start chanting even louder. It's like, cannonball, cannonball. And the big guys walking out, the big old boys out there, and they're just practically going nuts. And he'll just, he'll just do a cannonball, and he'll, he'll lay out, and he'll splash them. And, you know, the bigger the splash, he'll splash them like a big old boy's cannonball only can splash them. And they'll just go crazy and just cheer with glee. Cannonball. This series 
was intended to help with this whole thing called cannonball. Because we all know something about this. At this time last year, at this time last year, um, people stepped up and they stepped out on that board and many of y'all made significant commitments to a generosity initiative here at Parkview called Cannonball. But making a commitment's one thing and following through with that commitment is another. And so this series is intended to, to, to help people, to encourage people to follow through with their commitments. Or maybe, maybe somebody didn't make a commitment last year for whatever reason. Or maybe you've started to go in the church since then or just recently. And this is your opportunity to get in on this and add to the splash. So with that in mind, with Cannonball... In mind, I'd like to tell you my favorite story about my favorite character from all the Bible. And if you don't mind me saying, I, I, I know pretty much all the characters in the Bible because as I've shared with you before, when I spoke in the past, as I've shared with you before, when, when, when I was young, uh, I had a drug problem. My parents drug me to church. They drug me to church on Sunday morning. They drug me to church on Sunday night. They drug me to church Wednesday night. They drug me to church every time the doors open. Uh, my parents drug me there. And, and being in church so often like I was, I pretty much heard all the, all the stories about all the characters in the Bible. And my favorite character was always David. Now, I know I'm supposed to say that my favorite stories, my favorite character was Jesus. And please don't misunderstand me. I love my Savior. His love for me is the fundamental fact of my existence. Without Him, I, I, I have nothing. Without Him, I am nothing. He, he is all I need. And, and, and many times in my life, He's been all I've got. And that's okay. I love my Jesus. But for whatever reason, uh, the stories of David always inspired me more as a kid. For some reason, just captured my imagination. You know, I, I was a kind of a puny, scrawny little kid, which I know shocks you. I was kind of a, a puny, scrawny kid, and, and, and so obviously I love the story of David and Goliath, you know, where the little guy wins. Everybody loves that story. But that's not the story I'm here to tell you today. Uh, I love that story, but I love this one even more. Here's, here's the background on, on, on this story. Let, let me set the stage on what's going on in David's life. It's coming towards the end of David's reign as king. In fact, it's coming up on kind of the twilight years of his life. And he's addressing his people. And here's what he says. Then King David said, My son Solomon, whom God has chosen to be the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build is not just another building. It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. All right? So there's this collection that's being taken up for the building of the temple. But notice what he says. He says, this is not just another building. 
This is for the Lord God himself. And that is big time. And then I love how he, how he talks about the temple. He calls the temple, uh, he calls it the temple of my God. That's such a, and he didn't mean it like mine and not yours. He means it's just a deeply personal thing to him. The, the temple uh, of my God. So that's what's going on. And then here's what he says next. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, the temple of my God, I'm given all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and over 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now notice here, this is, this is an awesome part of this story. He, notice he says, this is from his own private treasures. What that means is that this is coming out of his retirement. This is coming out of David's 401k. That's what he's dipping into. And look what he comes out with. 112 tons of gold and 262 tons of silver. Now, come on now, work with me. This is not just a story in the Bible. This really happened. That's a lot of gold. That's a lot of silver. I, I was thinking about this, and I got to wondering how much that would be in 2012 dollars. So I did some calculating on that. You know, 16 ounces in a pound, 2,000 pounds in a ton. Gold yesterday morning was at 1,691 dollars an ounce. So in 2012 dollars, the, the gold alone would have been a donation of over six billion dollars. I know, right? And with silver being what it is, that'd be another 260 million on top of that. So don't miss this. This is an awesome story because this guy, out of his dedication for the temple of his God, out of his dedication to God, is, is given well over six billion dollars. And really what this is, he, he's, he's given away the money that he had saved up for his kids and grandkids' inheritance. Do you ever see one of those bumper stickers on like the, the back of a Winnebago or some real nice RV that says, we're spending our kids' inheritance? You ever see that? I kind of imagine as David's making this major announcement of what, of what he's given away out of his kids' inheritance that his kids are over here on the side going, no, Dad. <laughs> no, Grandpa. You know, ixnay on the generosity, Jay, Okay. Man, that, 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 that had to be uh, just, just a, just a kind of difficult moment for them. But man, his generosity just inspires me. I love that part of the story. But that's not my favorite part. Continuing on. David speaking. He says, now then, who will follow my example? Who is willing to give offerings to the Lord today? Then the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the kings and ministerial officers all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave almost 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, about 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasury of the house of, of the Lord. I love this part of the story because it shows us, it shows us that generosity is contagious. It's contagious. We were doing a 
generosity initiative at my home church a few years ago and my oldest son was just heading in to his freshman year of college and we were doing a generosity initiative it's very similar to your all's and it, it was a two-year deal and and I asked my I asked my son what he had committed and and, and Andrew said fifteen hundred and eight dollars I said son why fifteen hundred and eight dollars he said well Dad, I went into the guitar store that day. He, he's a guitarist. He's a pretty accomplished guitarist. He loves playing guitar. He says, I went into the guitar store the other day, and I saw this guitar. I just fell in love with it. And I really, I had to have that guitar. And, 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 I, and I took, so I took my guitar back in there, and I said, if I traded you the guitar I have now, how much would I have to give you to get that guitar? And, and they told me 1508 is what it would cost me. My guitar plus $1,508 would get me that new guitar, the guitar I've always wanted. He says, but you know what? This is about helping people find their way back to God. And uh, a new guitar for me can wait. And, you know, he's working a job, minimum wage job, $1,508. And man, that just inspired me. My son's generosity just inspired me. And man, I doubled my commitment to our campaign. And I took it out of his college fund. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't do that either. But see, the same kind of thing happened in this story. David's generosity, David steps up, David does a massive cannonball, and, and, and the people respond. Notice the numbers. David gave, the, the, the tonnage that they gave in gold and silver was even above what, what he gave. Don't ever, don't just think that your generosity is just about you. It's not, because your generosity makes waves. It, it, it helps people to be more generous themselves. That is an awesome part of this story. But it's not my favorite part. Next part. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. Man, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And, and then this is just like a, a whole nation. This is just like tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people who are just absolutely juiced about this generosity thing. And that is just so different than what I experienced growing up around church. I don't know how it was for any of y'all who might have grown up around church, but where, but where I grew up around church, whenever it came time for the offering, the, 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 they, they would have this thing called an offering meditation. And the offering meditation meant that, that an elder or a deacon would stand up and, and give a little devotional about, about the offering and, and then he'd pray and then take up the offering. And, and, and one time this actually happened. One time this old boy got up and he looked at everybody and, 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 he, and he said this. He said, going to have to get some more money. We're going to have to close the doors. Let's pray. That was it. This was not a cheerful man. And it was not a cheerful day in church. God loves a cheerful giver. And, but what, what I love about this story of, of David and his people is, man, they were all in. And they were loving it. They were loving it. They weren't just doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, God says do this, so we'll do this. They were all in and they were loving it. I love that part of this story. 
but it's not my favorite part. Continuing on, then, then David, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And listen to his words, this is wonderful. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Riches and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. I mean, I love this you just hear the passion you know and David David's a songwriter and this you can almost hear this I wonder if he if he didn't happen to sing those words those just really inspire me just the meter and the intensity of those words just just pump me up I love that part of this story but it's not my favorite part then David said but who am I but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you have already given us. Work with me here. Guy just gives over $6 billion and the people give even more than that. There's, there's a collected offering that day of, of somewhere in the, in, in, at least... $15 billion? That's a good day at church, I'm saying. As far as I know, this is the largest offering in the history of church history. And the guy who leads in this says, but who am I? And who are we? That we could give anything to you, Lord. It ain't nothing. Everything we have comes from you. We give you only what you have already given us. Don't miss that. We give you only what you have already given us. That's my favorite part. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> You're glad I finally got to it, weren't you? <laughs> listen now. Listen now. You not only cannot outgive God you can't actually give to God you can only give back I'm going to say it again you, you can't outgive God you can't actually even give to God David knew you could only give back. Which is amazing for David because David is such an amazing person. I mean, goodness gracious, he was an accomplished herdsman. He was, he was a, a, a world-class musician. He was a singer-songwriter. He was an artist. He, he, he was a mighty warrior. He was a, a masterful statesman. He was a military strategist in all these areas of his life. He was a leader. It was amazing. In all these different areas of his life, he was the cream of the crop of the entire world. He, is the greatest, he was the greatest king his nation had ever had or would ever had. And that's the guy who says, well, who am I? 
I ain't nobody to be given to the Lord like this. See, David knew, David knew that everything he had, the only reason he had anything good in his life was because the Lord had given it to him. And then on top of it, y'all, if you know David's story, you know that David not only had good things in his life, he had some bad things in his life. David was an adulterer and David was a murderer. Now think about that. Adulterer and murderer. Anybody in the house today who is both an adulterer and a murderer, we do have security available. But any... No, and, I, and believe me, in a room this size, I know that there are folks today and you're suffering because there's something in your past, something that you did and you feel like it's the worst thing in the world and you feel ashamed and you wonder if God could ever forgive you. If you ever wonder if God could ever forgive you, God had forgiven David who was an adulterer and a murderer. Can you top that? Do your sins top adultery and murder? Premeditated, both of them. He knew the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace and the compassion of the Lord. And that's what helped him to say, man, who am I? Who am I to, to, to give anything to you? I'm here to talk to you today about this cannonball thing and to tell you this story. Because we got to keep uh, something in mind all the way through cannonball. See, there's this one little word, this one little four-letter word that will always be hanging around our hearts telling us to not follow through with the commitments that we made or telling us, if we've not made a commitment yet, not to make a commitment. One little word. But it's one word with tremendous power. Tremendous, destructive, negative power. And it's the word mine. Mine. M I N E. Mine. Makes me think of the movie Finding Nemo. How, how many of y'all found, uh, found Nemo? <laughs> saw the movie Finding Nemo? How many saw, come on, let me see your hands. How many saw Finding Nemo? <laughs> When I, when I ask you, you have to raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. If you saw it, and we know where liars go. How, how, many, how, how many didn't see Finding Nemo? You should see it. It's wonderful. You should see it. It's, go, go rent it today. It's a good movie. But my, th 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 this thing makes me think of my, of my favorite part from my favorite group of characters in the movie Finding Nemo. Their, 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 their beaks are stuck in the mast, of the, stuck in that sail, and, and they're still saying it. Mine, 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 mine. That, that's so funny. But you know what the truth is? The truth is that we've all got seagulls in our souls. I do. Don't you? And as we go through Cannonball together, those seagulls will always be there trying to get us to say the one word that can stop our generosity. Mine. Mine. 
Mine, 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 mine. Whatever you committed to give, if it hasn't already happened, it's going to happen. I'm going to play the prophet a little bit. If it hasn't happened, it's going to happen. Whatever you've committed to give, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. You're going to be tempted to not give something because of the seagulls telling you to look at, at, at that money and go, say mine, 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 mine. It's mine. I worked for it. I need it. I can't afford to give it. Besides, it's mine. I saved it. It's mine. 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 And that one little word. Folks, you know what I'm saying. That one little word can just gobble up our generosity. And I'm here to urge you, even as I urge myself, to not give in. Don't give in to the seagulls in your soul. Because Christ is the lover of your soul. Remember that he had it all, and he gave it all up for you. He gave it all up for me. He never looked at what he had and went, mine, 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 mine. He, he didn't do that. He gave all he had for us. Folks, let's be reminded. We have nothing without him. We are nothing without him. Everything we are that's good and everything that is good that we have comes from him. Financially, he's given some of us a lot and some of us not a lot and most of us somewhere in between. But he has given each and every one of us enough to make waves for him. To make waves against hunger. To make waves against poverty. To make waves against sex slavery and sex trafficking. To make waves against the aborting of unwanted babies. To make waves against addictions. To make waves against hopelessness in the inner city and in the suburbs to make waves locally and globally to make waves even against the gates of hell itself and Jesus and all of heaven right now are sitting on the edge of the pool in the deep end and I can hear them chanting Cannonball, cannonball, cannonball. That's right. And I know they're chanting it because look what it says in Luke 15.10. Jesus said this. This is Jesus speaking himself. He says, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And one of the most profound truths that I know and that I want to remind you here at the one near during the one year point of Cannonball is you can't make God love you more and you can't make God love you less. But you can make him cheer. He will, let's be really clear. He will never love you more than he does at this moment right now. And he will never love you less than he does at this moment right now. He will never love you more and he will never love you less. You can't make him love you more or less. But you can still make him cheer when your generosity is used by him 
to heal hearts and change eternity. Can you hear it? Can you hear it this morning? All of heaven, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all the heavenly hosts are sitting on the side of the deep end, just next to the high dive. And they're looking at you as you go up the ladder. And they're chanting, cannonball, cannonball, cannonball. And the good news is, you don't have to be a big old boy to make a splash. You just need to be all in. And to be all in, you just say what David said. Who am I that I could give anything to you, Lord? Everything I have comes from you, and I give you only what you have given me. Cannonball, cannonball, cannonball. Let's pray. God help us, it's hard. I know as soon as we talk at all about money, people get nervous and start sweating and Start looking for the exit doors or whatever. But I know there's other people here this morning who are hurting. Not just hurting financially, but hurting emotionally and relationally and, 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 and physically. And, and maybe the pain is so intense that they, they couldn't even hear this this morning because it just didn't feel like what they needed to hear. And I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that has called this church the cannonball, by the power of that same Holy Spirit, will you comfort the afflicted? Right now where you sit, in the silence of your own heart, maybe you need to say, Lord, comfort me, I'm afflicted. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have called us to be all in. We're not sorry you called us to be all in. We thank you. And help us to be all in and loving it for your kingdom, your glory, your honor. In Jesus' name we pray.